Welcome to Traveling Culturati, where we explore cultures and share travel news, travel tips, destinations, and travel chats. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Make sure you head on over to the website, TravelingCulturati.com, and make sure you join the travel club. We go to some fantastic places like where we are now. So we're going to be live from Belize and I'm super excited to tell you all about it but to make sure that you're the first to know when we're on the go make sure you join the travel club also follow us on social media want you to see what we're doing a little envy there I know but also share your experiences and your adventures with us as well again travelingculturati.com we are live from Belize we've been talking about it for quite some time the pause and play So pause and play concept is you're going to pause from your work life and your daily routine and play in this big, beautiful world. Now, when I say this, I don't mean go on a vacation where you are up every day at 8 a.m. and you're out all day and it's just like work. So you then need a vacation from a vacation. No, this is more intentional. This is more reflective, more introspective so that you can take care of you so that you can really wash away the daily life and the work routine. My partner in crime is Kate Lee Belt, and we are here with our inaugural Pause and Play to Belize. Well, hello, Kate. Hi, Javon. It's so great to be here. Yes. Well, this isn't your first trip with us, but it's our first Pause and Play, and it's our inaugural trip. So how excited are you about that? So excited to see vision and an idea become reality. It's hard to believe that we've actually made it here, and we are truly enjoying ourselves. We really are. So you're going to hear some background music because right now we are at our island adventure, but we're going to tell you all about the things that we've done. And we are at the bar having some libations, (laughs) relaxing from the day. So you're going to hear some background music. So tell me, Kate, when we first started talking about pause and play, let's just kind of talk about that, the vision and how that all played out and where we are now. Yeah, I mean, it really goes back to conversations we had during the pandemic, both avid travelers passionate about experiencing different cultures, different places, different activities. And, you know, as the pandemic kind of wound down, if you will, it was safe to travel again, really felt that need, that desire to go back out and explore the world And at the same time, we're really thinking about the pressures of work, the pressures of that daily grind that we all were living prior to the pandemic. And so the idea was to really design a program and experience that allows people that time to pause and reflect that we had during the pandemic, but then to also play and get back in touch with our core, with our inner selves. You know, as humans, we've experienced a lot with this pandemic, kind of post-pandemic, kind of the post-pandemic world. And so we put a lot of thought into designing a program that really addresses a lot of that daily stress and that desire to connect with yourself. It absolutely does. And for me, I am a planner. And I do many trips, usually very large trips, usually a very structured and scheduled program. So this is a little different that we wanted to make sure that we included that time to reflect and connect. We've had a 
stretching and breathing class. We've had time to come together as a group and really just laugh and play. Because, you know, play is as big of a pause as the pause is, really. Because so many times, again, we wear ourselves out on a very structured program. And at the end of the day, we're just even too tired to play. Or we're just seeing the sights and we aren't really getting that chance to, as we said, play in this big, beautiful world. So you and I were pandemic bubble buddies, (laughs) but you were still working at the time, albeit from home. So what was your idea of that pause or made you think, you know what, I need a pause from my work life and from my daily routine? Yeah, you know, it was really interesting. During the pandemic, I remember the first trip I took outside of Chicago, outside of that COVID bubble, if you will. And I took a road trip, a very simple road trip, no frills, from Chicago to Florida. And I took my dogs with me. So it was a family road trip. And I just remember the peace I experienced on that drive and the sense of wonderment and wow, we live in a big, beautiful world and I have time to drive versus fly and just appreciate what's around me, the towns I rolled through, the different places I stayed, the different people I met along the way. And that experience really stuck with me as I thought about you know travel truly post-pandemic, getting on a plane, flying somewhere to a new country, to a new culture, to a new experience. And just taking that pause to be in the moment to really, really be present and listen to your energy. Where is your mind taking you? And the beauty of pause and play is there's structure and there's kind of flexibility. And, you know, some of my most favorite moments on this trip have been maybe walking through the jungle and just observing what's around me, the sights, the smells, the sounds, and, you know, at the same time doing structured activities, as you mentioned, the yoga. And I know we'll, I don't want to ruin the surprise, we'll talk about some of our other activities. But yeah, I think it was that experience during the pandemic, that road trip, where I just kind of got back to the fundamentals of why we travel and why we explore. Why do you think Belize, and we may not have known 100% prior, but why do you think Belize was such a perfect inaugural pause and play? Yeah, I mean, it really checks all the boxes in terms of the geography, the variety of experiences. I mean, we literally started off this trip in the jungle. I mean, truly amongst the trees and really outside of Belize City and just kind of really disconnected. We're able to disconnect from kind of typical society, if you will, you know, really being out in the jungle. And then we had the opportunity to transition to this oceanside, beautiful space that we're in now that it feels a bit different. You know, we're in villas looking out on the ocean. And I just think that variety of experience, I mean, it hits the senses in different ways. And so to have that variety within very close proximity, I think it was what maybe a 15 or 20 minute flight that we took to transition from jungle to seaside. So that's one piece. I think it's a very warm and welcoming culture. It's a very diverse culture, a country with an incredible history. So there are lots of different elements of Belize to really pick up on, to relate to. It's a very rich culture. And I think, especially for our group, you know, we all share a curiosity about the big, beautiful world around us. And I think it hits all those senses. It really does. And I think there's always kind of these crossovers of what is pause and what is play, because a lot of times the play became the pause and the pause became the play. But we started in the jungle. And later on, I'm going to have on the manager 
at the Ibiza Resort, formerly the Belize Boutique Resort and Spa, which is in the jungle. I mean, they have really done an excellent job of building a property within the jungle. Not building a jungle around a property, but building a property within the jungle. And there were so many wonderful nuances, so many wonderful spaces. And some of the travelers, when they first arrived, thought, what has Javon brought us to? And then they just were in awe. And again, it was that playful side of actually being in the jungle, but also appreciating. I think the pause was really appreciating nature and really being able to be amidst nature and kind of forgetting about some of the things. And Melanie will tell you all about the resort coming up a little bit later in the program. But for me, I think starting in the jungle was really that. What about you? I totally agree. And you know, what's so interesting too, I mean, you can't help when you are immersed in those, again, those sounds of the birds or the monkeys, the, the sound of the rain kind of rushing in and falling on those leaves. I mean, it's a really positive sensory overload. You can't help but be in the moment and particularly in the jungle, appreciate the wonder of nature. I mean, it's just something as a, a city dweller, it was a real change for me. You know, the other thing too, and I noticed this particularly in the jungle, is you never know yourself when a moment of pause might come on and surprise you. And that's something I've observed in myself and our fellow travelers on this trip. You know, when you're surrounded by such beauty and you're with others with great energy, you start to let your guard down, you start to feel more comfortable. And I've noticed it again in myself and our fellow travelers, people will kind of enter a moment of reflection and just taking it all in. And that kind of, I'll call it the unscheduled pause, if you will. And it's felt like a very safe environment to do that. It really was from sitting at breakfast each morning in the hummingbird cage and watching the hummingbirds come around. And also, what about this as a job? Your job is to pick hibiscus flowers and strategically place them amongst other plants and areas of the resort. So just to walk around and place hibiscus flowers. So that kind of gives you an idea of what the property is all about and the pause in play. And again, sometimes there's that crossover. Are we pausing or are we playing? Or sometimes it's both, but sometimes it's distinctly a pause and sometimes it's distinctly a play kind of moment like our last night in the jungle in the hookah lounge. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was kind of scheduled. We'd all kind of said, oh, you know, it'd be nice to go to the hookah lounge on our last evening before we head to the seaside. And, you know, everyone was just kind of a bit in their pause moment, kind of relaxing, enjoying the evening. But we did make it over to the hookah lounge and just shared this very unscripted, very, very fun time of just connection and laughing and again just really being in that moment you know I've told people a couple times on this trip I have laughed so hard on this trip with so much joy just the unexpected banter and jokes and you can expect on a pause and play trip to be with people who share a very similar energy and joyful perspective on life. Absolutely, because everybody here that's on this trip, they have high-stress positions or jobs. They're either entrepreneurs or armed forces or police department or construction or engineering. I mean, so they have worked hard, 
and they're now playing hard, and that's really what it's all about. So I'm extremely happy about our inaugural pause and play and looking forward to our second one. So we have a few things that we're considering. So again, make sure you stay tuned and make sure you join the Travel Club because if you're joining the Traveling Culturati Travel Club, you're also going to learn about the pause and play. And our next adventure will be either late 24 or early 25. So make sure you stay tuned for that. And coming up, we're going to speak to Melanie Nicholson, who is the general manager for the Ibiza Resort. We're going to talk with Jay Johnson, who is one of the travelers and one of his adventures. And then you're going to hear from all of the travelers on one of our adventures, which was the cave tubing and what they like most from it. And then I'm going to tell you a little bit about the Garifuna culture. And we're also going to have Captain Kenneth, who piloted our fly over the blue hole. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about that too. Super excited. We're having so much fun. And yeah, we're just coming together and really having a wonderful time and hopefully going back home rejuvenated and ready for our next adventure. Any last words, Kate? Look forward to announcements. We're really excited to take all the great learnings and experiences from our inaugural trip and transfer those to our next trip. Great. So make sure you stay tuned. When we come back, we'll have all of that for you. So get ready. Buckle up. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Well, hey there, fellow Culturati. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. Make sure you head on over to the website, TravelingCulturati.com, and make sure you join the Travel Club. We go to some fantastic places like where we are now in Belize. Now, a lot of people come to Belize because they want to go to one of the islands, but we wanted to have a jungle experience because Belize has a wonderful, wonderful jungle experience. And I want to tell you about this fantastic property where we're staying that you get to be in the jungle. So joining me right now is Melanie Nicholson. She's the manager for Abiza Resort, formerly Belize Boutique Resort and Spa. Hello, Melanie, and welcome to Traveling Hi, Culturati. Javon. How are you? I am doing great. Thank you. And it usually takes a day to acclimate, but mm-hmm. immediately I acclimated and just kind of left the stress behind, thanks to you and this wonderful property here. So tell us exactly where are we? When you enter Belize, there's one international airport where an hour north of the international airport so basically 30 miles north it's not that long of a drive it sounds you know always think oh i gotta get there and another hour from the airport mm-hmm. but it wasn't a bad drive and all. it's the closest jungle resort to the airport you know, and it's centrally located so you come to belize we are a close proximity to the my ruins Lamanai, alton high is just down the street it's like 20 minutes from here and then you could go cave tubing you could go to the atm keys you could go snuggling for the day so we're close proximity to a lot of the locations and the attractions in belize yeah it really is but the property itself mm-hmm. is a destination it is, it is. <laughs> it's secluded enough that you could get away so we have 
a lot of repeat guests. They've been coming for 24 years, 12 years, 16 years, before children, after children. And it's a place, like you said, you walk in and it's like you forget your worries, you forget everything, your stress, because it gets you out of your routine. It definitely will get you out of your routine. It definitely does. And a lot of times before you get to a property and you read the description, but I, I will have to say I cheated a little, little bit because I was here about 10 years ago and it was another name then, but you say you're a jungle property, but you really are a jungle property and it doesn't look falsely manufactured. We really are here. So what was the inspiration about the jungle setting? Okay, so the owner's dad, he is from Charlottesville, Tobago and his mom's from Austria. So they were looking for a retirement, for a place to come after they're finished with their children and their lives and business and everything. And they saw property for sale actually in the medical journal while Dr. Nicholson was studying oncology in Illinois. They came, they got the property, and here we are some 37 years after. They bought it longer than that, but the resort this November, 37 years. And I just love how the property is built within the jungle or the jungle is around yes, the, it's like the, the property. It's like, and you're right, it's like the jungle is the property. Because we use stone, thatch, tropical hardwood, palmetto wood. We even upcycle and recycle bottles. And then we're known for mosaic tiles. So we just incorporate as much of the jungle into the resort itself. So when you go into your room or walk around, you don't think that you're in somewhere modern or it still has that feel because that is important to us yes and each room is uniquely yes. decorated mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and a lot of the elements are from here but also family travels so whenever you'd go on a travel you'd bring back something that would just fit into the resort so that makes it special and unique as well i walk guests through the resort and through the rooms and you're like well this piece is from Agra and this piece is from South Africa and you have those stories to tell so it adds to it. It certainly does and <laughs> yeah, some of the guests that came here with us, oh my goodness, look at my room and they're sharing of mm -hmm. course the experiences in their room but we also get a feel, is it a sustainable property? Definitely is, definitely is. From the time the the light saving bulbs came out, we were on that a decade ago or so. The food, whatever's left over in the kitchen, we feed it to the animals, we recycle the bottles. We prefer when we have guests or groups that they bring refillable, reusable bottles. That way we don't need to do the single-use plastic. We do the bamboo straws, so we've cut down on a lot of things. And Belize as a whole has cut down on styrofoam, stopped using single-use plastic, phasing it out, and just doing a lot of environmentally sound practices that will take us into the future. We also just started with our solar energy, which we put in just recently while you were here, and while you're here. And then we have the Tesla because that's the electric vehicles, green energy. So these are the things that we are all about. As much as we could have the guests get on board with us, of course you're gonna have air conditioning. That's necessary luxury. You're in the jungle, you're in the heat. But we'll have conveniences, but we'll do it as safely and as environmentally friendly as we can. 
In talking about the food, you mentioned that you don't waste, mm -hmm. and so you're sustainable in that sense. But also, the food that is prepared here is from the property, the environment, everything very local and fresh. So can you talk a little bit about that? Okay, Dr. Nicholson, he believed in alternative medicine and he always looked at coconut. So we use coconut for everything. We'll use it to bake cups with. We'll use the oils for the spa, but we'll use it for cooking. So we'll do milk, rice, rice and beans, tart salads. The red hibiscus flowers, those are edible. We use those in mojitos. We use those for teas. We'll use it for salad. We'll do a smoked hibiscus chicken. So we just pretty much work with nature and with the land. We have a small herb garden and we recently expanded that to eggplants, okras, just different produce so that we could take those into the cooking as well, into the kitchen, fresh callaloo, your different greens, just things of that sort that we do and everything is made to order. So if you're gluten-free, if you're vegan, if you're vegetarian, any special diet, we always communicate with the guests prior so that we know that, that we could take care of you on an individual basis. And when I tell you everything is made here, the sugar is made here. So every meal has been an education, and the people that work here have been very knowledgeable and really giving us that information, like making the sugar here and making the salt here and the hot sauces and all of those things. So who do you have behind the helm that's giving us these delicious meals? And tell us a little bit about them. Well, our chef, we train our chef in here. We train a lot of the staff in here, but he came very talented. Very young, very talented, very eager to learn, very eager to go along. And then we have the owner who does a lot of the cooking as well, a lot of the music, etc. So he brings that knowledge and then we just work and we always look at where to take it next. So for the gas, you'll get things that you don't usually get at home. But that's because we're using the natural elements and then just reimagining it. So we'll create a dish that probably someone had 20 years ago or 30 years ago, but put a different twist on it, do a different fusion to it. Yeah, and I love the service that goes along with it in preparation of the meals. It really just kind of lends itself to the whole atmosphere of being prepared fresh daily. So it's not just a standard menu that's there all the time, but it's going to change every day. And so uh, we get that information about it as well. There'll be the menu in hand, but then there'll also be the specials that changes every day. That way you have a variety. Yes, and I learned a lot about the hibiscus flower, which you have them growing wildly here on the property, but you use them a lot in the drinks, in the food, and we've been eating them, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I tell people all the time, I eat them all the time and I'm still here, so you're good. You're good. And the flower, it's just taking these little things that you wouldn't think of and using it because they're right here for you. Yeah. And it's natural, and you know it's not processed, and you know it's fresh, and it's healthy. Yeah, so right now we are in the main area, I guess we can call it, but you can let us know the different names where the group arrived and then where we also come for dinner. But every little place and nook and cranny around has something and a sense of either privacy or just to be in the jungle itself. So tell us about some of those little nuances around the property. Okay, so we're in the birdcage lounge and we have a check-in, but we also have the dining areas. So we could set a table for individual couples, solo guests, 
or if you're a party at 8, 10, we could set a table for that as well. But there's also the hummingbird patio. Apple name because we put the red hibiscus flowers everywhere. That way the hummingbirds could get their nectar and you have the jungle tree house. So those are the different dining areas that you have, but you could do poolside as well. There's two pools. There's the checkers and chess table, but there's a hookah lounge. So some people are surprised that they have hookah in the jungle. There's a vintage jungle phone booth just because we could have it and it's there. And then, of course, you have the spa and there's a wellness studio at the spa. So if you want to meditate there or just go for yoga, but you could do that by the pools or by the mineral bath as well. So like you said, there's all these little areas And we only have 20 rooms on property, which means that there'll be 30, 40 guests maximum at any given time. So it's really not busy or crowded. There's enough lounge areas that you have your space, that you have your distance. The rooms are not all together. So you have your privacy. You have your space. You see people when you want. You go on your adventure if you'd like the spa. So the only time when we're fully booked that we're busy would be breakfast and dinner time that you'd see everybody together because other than that you're just in different areas enjoying yourself and each other's company. Well let's definitely talk about the spa because that's how I discovered the property 10 years ago. I was really just stopping over in Belize for one night but I wanted to have a really nice spa treatment and when I did my research I discovered at the time Maruba (laughs) and so I came here for one night and to also experience the spa and that's a big part of the property. Yes it is and our signature treatment has got to be the mood mud massage. It is great. A lot of people are like mud massage but it is very beneficial as well. It draws the heat from the body detoxifying from the skin at the same time and you're having a natural massage. It's a great laughter therapy because you're going to see yourself in mud. So, I mean, if you have any hold up, it's going to help you relax. It's going to let you let go. And that's exactly what you need to do on vacation sometimes, you know. So it just adds to everything else. And the mood mud massage was also featured in Travel Magazine December 2020. So it was recently featured, and then you have all your other treatments. But what makes it unique, once again, is that it's all natural products. So you're not going to have processed products. You will have your scrubs. You're going to have your facials. You could actually eat your facials. Sometimes I do. It's a full body spa, and you get to relax because it's going to be, once again, the spa rooms are going to be a part of the jungle. It's going to be an extension, so you're going to have touch. Uh, tropical hardwood, stones, just different elements. And then, of course, it's separate from the main area. That way you have that tranquility, that serenity over in that area. Well, we are having a fabulous time, and I want to thank you and your entire staff for taking such great care of us and really giving us that pause and play, which is what this particular trip is all about, pausing from that work life and daily routine and then playing in this big, beautiful world. And here at Ibiza Resort, it allows us to do all of that. So thank you so much again, Melody Nicholson, the manager here at Ibiza Resort. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Javon Harley here, your host and travel pro for Traveling Culturati. We're still in the jungle, folks. We are in the Belizean jungle, staying at the Ibiza Resort. And we're having such a fantastic time. You already heard from the manager here at Ibiza, Melanie Nicholson. But right now, I'm speaking to one of the trip participants so that we can get firsthand experience on some of the things that we've been doing. 
We've talked to a few of them already about the cave tubing, but a couple of them decided to go on a different adventure to the Lemonai Mayan ruins. So I have with me Jay. We're just going to call him Jay. (laughs) So hello, Jay, and welcome to Traveling Culturati. Thank you for having me, and this has been a wonderful trip. Well, thank you so much for saying that. But I also have to say that this is now, what number trip that you've traveled with us on? Five. This is number five. So just name off the destinations leading up to Belize. The first one was Egypt. So did that last September. And then uh, followed that up with Ghana. Then followed Ghana up with Paris, France. And then we went to Athens, Greece and Crete, Greece. And so coming to Belize is number five. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And it's been a joy having you each and every time because I have to tell you that Jay is a ball of light. And I just love the positive energy. It's like, look, I'm going to see the world. That's yeah. what I'm going to do. That's my goal in life right now. <laughs> yeah. And they've spoiled me because once I did Egypt, I'm like, this is just absolutely amazing. Not just the trip, but the way Advantage International caters to you. I mean, everything is already planned. All you have to do is wake up and show up and decide whether or not you're going to do the excursion. If you don't, then you'll take your own day, but you will have tons of things to do. And have fun. And have so (laughs) much fun. So much fun. We have so many stories, and Jay is a wonderful storyteller. But if you hear some sounds in the background, we're still in the jungle, as I said. So we're sitting under a canopy that is actually called the bird cage, and there you see hummingbirds around. There are lots of plants, and I mean, we are seriously in the jungle. Did you expect to come in the jungle when we said the jungle, or did you think we were just kind of exaggerating? I thought you were a little hyperbolic with that. I'm like, okay, jungle, jungle. But when we got here, it's the actual jungle. (laughs) I mean, you have woods, forests, but no, this is the jungle. (laughs) So I didn't expect a real jungle. Yeah. And it's so beautiful with the hibiscus flowers Mm -hmm. around. And so where we're sitting now, you might hear some rain because it's been raining off Mm -hmm. and on, but you might hear some birds in the background as well. But that's all part of it. So let's get to the excursion that you did, the Lemonai Mayan ruins. So tell us about why you picked that particular excursion to go on. Like when you sent out the tour menu for the replacement of the cooking class, they had like two main Mayan tours. One of them was like, like an Aha Tuna or something like that. So I went to YouTube and looked at that one. I'm like, yeah, that one looks kind of basic. And so then I went and did the Lamanai Mayan Cruise. I researched that one. And it was like the, what is it, Sleepy Crocodile or something? Crocodile? The Crooked, the crooked, the crooked cro- Tree uh, Wildlife Sanctuary. And so I looked at that and I'm like, that one has a lot more to do. And then they talked about a boat ride. And so I was like, okay, yeah, that one looked like it's more adventurous and you'll get more involved in seeing the Mayan ruins because they had more ruins to visit. Okay, so I know you left the resort in a vehicle, but how did you get to the Mayan ruins themselves? Because they're not like right off the road. Oh, no. So the ride from the resort was about an hour. So we drove with the driver there to a meeting point where we met the speedboat driver. And he actually was also the tour guide. And so once we got there, it was actually a couple who stayed here, but they drove from here there themselves. So they didn't ride with us, but they stayed at this resort. And so we met them. And then we had, it was another young lady who was there. So it was three of us from Advantage, 
two extra guests and then another young lady who was touring the Central America. So it was like six of us. Yeah. And so we met at staging area. Okay. And, meeting point. and you said speedboat? It's a speedboat. It is. Probably could seat about 10 people. So we had like six plus the driver, Al McCarr, and then Coconut Peak. <laughs> Coconut Pete. <laughs> so Coconut Pete was your guide. Was our guide. He was our speedboat driver and the tour guide. So how was that boating experience and adventure to get to the Mayan ruins? And that's why it's two adventures in one. You actually get the speedboat venture, and this is why the speedboat getting there was an adventure. Because Coconut Pete, what he did, he made sure we saw like a lot of the native wildlife. Like whenever he would see like some kind of native bird, we will actually pull over and look at the bird, let us take pictures, and then he'll talk about the bird and how it helps the ecosystem or some kind of story around that bird. He'll show us like the termite nest and how they help the ecosystem by eating all the dead wood. And we would also like see where the inhabitants of Belize, like the Mennonites and the Amish, we passed their like villages. Mm. And so he would stop and talk about the history of those groups and how they live and things like that. But one of the interesting stories he told was about John McAfee. We actually passed the house of John McAfee. And for you all don't know, that's the McAfee antivirus software owner and started. And so, I mean, just Google that story and you can read about it. But it happened in Belize. (laughs) So, yeah. So he stopped there and we took pictures of the house and videos. And then he told us about that. But Pete also made the boat ride itself when we went on stretches. I mean, you really have to know where you're going to go from where we met to Lamini. Because it was so many little sites river path that if you didn't know where you were going, you would probably end up anywhere. Oh, so there were several branches oh, to the river. Oh, branches all over the place. I'm like, he must have really, really spent a lot of time on this river because there were branches everywhere. Wow. Yes. So tell us about some of the wildlife that you saw along the way. We saw a Jesus bird. Uh, Jesus bird. Yeah, he called it because <laughs> the bird runs on the water. Oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, and then we saw like two birds. They were like red and black, and I forgot what he called them. But he said that the <laughs> the story behind those two birds is the female bird is the larger one, and the female has the eggs, and then she makes the male bird. Uh, <laughs> he has to hatch the eggs, take care of the babies, and then she flies off and finds another mate and starts all over again. Ah, so <laughs> I like this bird. <laughs> <laughs> and then we saw like the snake bird had a long neck. We saw, what other kind of birds? It was like probably about five or six different types of birds. Mm-hmm. We saw some bats, and he kind of surprised us. We rode up to like a, a dead branch out in the river. And so he was like, did y'all see those things hanging from the branch? And nobody could see them. And so he eased the boat up to the branch. And then as he touched that branch, those bats came flying out, so everybody <laughs> jumping. <laughs> jumping back. It was nice. It was cool. I wish he had told us he was going to do that because I, you know, I like the video thing. Ah, but then you wouldn't have the element of surprise. <laughs> the element of surprise was not up in there. What about crocodile? We didn't see a crocodile until we came back. Mm-hmm. And he did. And actually, he made a point to try to find crocodiles when we actually left Lamanot coming back to our meeting area. And so we did find a baby crocodile sitting on a log. And I'm amazed at how he saw that because that crocodile blended with the log. I didn't see it until we got right there. 
and we got close enough that the crocodile got spooked and jumped in the water. So I didn't get a chance to get a video of that or a picture of that one either. Yeah, well, it's just kind of evident that we city folk would not survive too well in the jungle because we wouldn't see the crocodile or know what the bats are or any of these other wildlife creatures. Exactly, and so he was able, and that's why I said that was an adventure even before you got to Lamanai. And that took about an hour and a half there just because we did so many stops. Like I said, some of those branches of the river were real tight. And so when Pete had to go, he would crank that speedboat up. And, man, that boat was getting almost sideways. (laughs) (laughs) He was really making that fun, too. So you'll be going on a boat ride. And then the wind hitting you. And we did run into a few rain showers. But they were, like, small ones. Mm -hmm. They hit and cleared up. For the most part, though, it was real sunny. And a nice trip. But that boat ride is part of the journey. Yeah, it sounds phenomenal. How long was the boat ride to get to the ruins? It was about an hour, probably a little over an hour, just because we did so many stops to see the wildlife and talk about the ecosystem. And then, like I said, the inhabitants, like the Amish and the Mennonites. And then, like I said, the John McAfee story. So he did that. And Pete's a lively, excellent storyteller. And so if you go... Actually, if you can find Coconut Pete to be your tour guide. <laughs> so was it one ruin or were there multiple ruins at the site? Like when we got there to the dock at Lumini, went up, got settled. They got a little museum. But then we went, and I didn't know at the time how many ruins it was, but by the time we finished, we went to three ruins. So three, and two of the three you can climb. And so I did climb two of the three, the ones that we were allowed to climb. The first one was scary. That one, they probably shouldn't let anybody climb, but it did have caution tape. <laughs> and we weren't supposed to be climbing anyway. But the tour guide, like, it, says, it says caution. It didn't say don't go. Okay. <laughs> I see the logic there. <laughs> yeah. So what made them different? The size. And then even the story behind them, like the first one we went to, it had like the the statues' faces carved in the, on either side. And if you look at those statues, the broad nose is the big lips. <laughs> Maybe we were here. Mm, that's all I'm saying. Well, look at the statues. <laughs> but that one was the one with the yellow caution tape. And so went up that one. It was very steep. But I did find a stairway back down because I'm like, we can't come back down the way we went up because that was just too dangerous. But that one was... Not that big, but it was steep enough and tall enough that it still was fun to climb up. Mm-hmm. And then once you get up there, you can actually take you know, video or pictures of the area from that vantage point. And those are amazing shots. I can only imagine. So what about the second one? Now, the second one is the one that we couldn't climb up. And that one is the like third largest mine ruin in the country. We could actually see that one from the river. When we were coming in from the river, that was one of our stops. He's like, you see that over the trees? That's the third largest or the second largest one of them in the country. But he said that one you can't climb up anymore. They stop people from climbing up that one. So it's got like a rail and you can't go past it. But And I forgot what that one was called. Did they tell you whether or not the three of them were connected at some point or part of the same community? Or were there three completely separate ones? Did they share that information yeah, with you? I think they were part of the same community because he said like even when they started excavating those sites, there was actually still Mayan people living in the area, and they relocated them about a mile away, and so they can excavate. And there was some archaeologist from Canada that was some organization funded him, and he did that, so he oversaw uh, excavating and clearing that out. But they were connected. Okay. To a community. 
Yeah, well, thank you so much. You've really painted an excellent picture of your excursion and your adventure. I'm not even going to call it an excursion. It was an adventure, it sounds like. But this is just leg one of our adventure. So we're leaving the jungle behind today, and then we're going to head to the islands. But how have you enjoyed this jungle experience? I mean, the cave tubing, and I said this to the group, it's in my top three of the adventures I've had with you all because I've gotten all my adventures with you all. And so the first one was climbing the inside of the Great Pyramid in Giza, Egypt. That was a dream. The second one, when I actually took a boat tour under the, like, real near the Niagara Falls where the mm-hmm. boat takes you, like, right up to the falls, that was exhilarating. Yeah. And so this is in that top three. The cave tubing was in the top three for me because I've watched those videos, like, over and <laughs> over and over. But the Mayan ruins were nice because I love ancient civilizations and ancient ruins. And then, like, in the last one that I actually climbed was the Jaguar Temple. It's called Jaguar. It's the one with a unique name. The other ones had like some kind of little technical name, <laughs> like number 10 05 yeah. Temple. But this one was, had Jaguar and it was large. And that one we went up and it started raining on the way up. And so I had to go up twice because I wanted someone to record me. But the overall tour, I mean, just here, the jungle and the caves, they brought me back to my childhood. Because uh-huh. I grew up in Mississippi in the woods and we used to swing on vines and go into the woods and uh, play in trees and all those things. So it was like a childhood adventure come true again. Well, again, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. When we come back, I've got the culture report. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well-informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Welcome back to the Traveling Culturati. I'm your host and travel pro, Javon Harley. Make sure you head on over to the website. It's TravelingCulturati.com. And while you're there, make sure you join the Travel Club. Culture is forever changing and reflecting what's happening in the society and with its people. It can be born of the arts, music, food, and sometimes politics and strife. We are here in Belize, and I want to tell you a little bit about the Garifuna culture. We had the pleasure of having some Garifuna drummers serenade us at our welcome dinner and tell us a little bit about who they are and their history. Well, the Garifuna people are descendants of a shipwrecked slave ship. They then intermarried, some of them did, with the Arawak Indians of the island of St. Vincent in the Caribbean. But now the Garifuna occupy parts of Belize to Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua. So we had the pleasure of the drumming and to hear some of their stories on while they were enslaved people, some of the cultural activities that they participated in through dance and through drumming. A very interesting story about the enslaved people stealing a cow and how they fooled the slave master in taking the cow, but so that they didn't realize that it had been taken. But it's a very rich culture. They have a festival on November 19th to celebrate the culture. The prominent colors are yellow and black. The drumming is typically a primero, which is a tenor drum, and a segunda, which is a bass drum. 
And traditional Garifuna music is defined by the use of percussion instruments and drums, and specifically a steady beat. And then there's also, of course, singing and maracas, and the singing is the storytelling. And then also the dancing, and the dancing is also storytelling as well. So it tells various stories of the culture and their history. And we were able to really witness that and enjoy a night of traditional Garifuna music. So along with the music, the dance is also very important. It's one of the most well-known traditional Garifuna dances. That is the Junkunu. Not to be confused with Junkunu in the Bahamas, but Junkunu is celebrated over the Christmas holidays. And very rhythmic, you know how we do and it has never left us. But you'll find the biggest population of the Garifuna people in Dangriga, but also in small towns throughout Belize. We were in a small town called Mascal, and there was also traditional costumes that they brought out with the drumming and the dancing that's typically worn at a Junkanoo festival. And then Garifuna food are dishes that are based with fish, chicken, cassava, bananas, and plantains. Very Caribbean style of food that you'll see throughout many of the Caribbean islands, of course, with different spices and combinations. And one of the main dishes or best loved dishes that is Garifuna is the hudut which is a fish and coconut stew that is then served with a cassava bread. So the next time you're in Belize, make sure you participate in a little traditional Garifuna culture, whether it's through food, through drumming. You can take a cooking class. You can take a drumming session and or class. And again, whether you're in Belize or not, you can find the Garifuna people throughout Central and South America and parts of the Caribbean. The dialect is a combination of the Carib language, Arawak and Carib are those two main languages of the indigenous of Central and South America, but also large English-speaking country, which is Belize. But you will be doing yourself a disservice if you don't participate in a little Garifuna culture and educate yourself about that, because it is a lovely culture and something really fun to do. Captain Kenneth took us on a flyover of the Blue Hole, which its formal name is the Great Blue Hole. It is a world-class destination for recreational scuba divers. It's attracted by diving in the crystal clear waters. The marine life is phenomenal with nurse sharks, giant groupers, and several types of reef sharks. The Blue Hole is a large underwater sinkhole off the coast of Belize. It lies near the center of the lighthouse, which is a small atoll and about 100 kilometers or 62 miles from the mainland of Belize City. We did a flyover from San Pedro, and you can definitely spot the Blue Hole from above. And it's a great way to see it because you can see the difference in the color 
but it's a vast expanse of interconnected underwater caverns that have remarkable formations like stalactites, stalagmites, and dripstone sheets and columns. So divers go there, but also you can snorkel the blue hole. And scientists speculate that the structure originated within the caverns long before the area became submerged. And it's precisely the reason that it is just so beautiful. So I am here with Captain Kenneth Benjamin, who was our captain on our Blue Hole flyover flight here in San Pedro. Hello and welcome to Traveling Culturati. Hi, thank you for having me and I hope you guys enjoyed your flight. We had a fantastic time, especially the little turns you did. <laughs> Gave us a bit of a thrill ride. How long have you been a captain? Uh, I've been a captain for six years. And is it specifically for the island flights? Yes, we do island flights, Key Cocker, San Pedro. We do uh, mainland as well, Placencia, Dangriga, and a few flights further inland to San Ignacio. And so the flight that we did today was specifically to fly over and see the Blue Hole. We're outside, folks, so you're going to hear a lot of other noise. But to specifically see the Blue Hole, what were some of the other things that we saw? Were those atolls or what were they? That's right. It's specifically to see the Blue Hole, but on the way you do see the Turnip Atoll. So basically what it is is there are two atolls, Turnip and Lighthouse, islands surrounded by their own barrier reef. So Turnip Atoll is home to quite a few resorts. Blackbird Key, for example, and then Lighthouse Atoll, where we were over where the Blue Hole was, which was home to Northern Tuki, which is an island with a resort that was closed down years ago on its own run airstrip, and also, like I said, the Blue Hole, no? Yeah. On the way back, we did come in and we came overhead Key Cocker and then landed in San Pedro. Well, it certainly was a wonderful experience. So, what type of aircraft were we on? We were on a Cessna Grand Caravan EX. This one in specific holds 13 um, passengers. Well, thank you so much for a wonderful experience today. It's been a pleasure. I'm glad, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your stay in Belize. After our experience of Cape Tubing, we asked some of our travelers what they thought about it and what their favorite moments are. So here you go. My favorite part today was before we were going down the tubing and we were singing, and then we got into the tubes. That's my favorite part today. And my favorite part today was the actual whole tubing experience. Yay. I mean, getting in that cave and hearing about the stories of how, what were they? Uh, uh, they did some sacrifices off in there. Oh, <laughs> human Oh, yes. I mean, so learning some history about the cave, but then coming out and getting those cross currents that almost took us out <laughs> and catching it all on video. Yes. So this was all captured on video by awesome several day. people. So it was just an excellent day. Yes. The whole experience was nice. Of course, I loved the, um, the cave tubing, but I also enjoyed the hiking yes. before we got to the cave and seeing the nature, breathing in the fresh air, oh, yeah. and building up the anticipation for the tubing. The whole cave tubing experience was awesome, making an imagination a reality because, I mean, just being there, I was present, and that's what I like. Well, I ditto everybody. The only thing I piggyback on, it was the backdrop of the atmosphere and nature, being out in nature. So I think my favorite aspect so far is the great company. We're all here and fast friends, and I love meeting the locals, getting the chance to have conversations with their tour guides, with the merchants, and getting to ask questions about Belize and just learning about the culture. 
Yeah, it was very awesome, and I enjoyed it all the way. See such beautiful. It was like, who made this? It was like, isn't this God? You know, it was really special for me. I enjoyed it, and then when. We reached to that difficult part. She was like, paddling me the <laughs> <laughs> <was> like, whoa! <laughs> and then I got a little scared for Junior when he was going down. And then those guys came and helped him. But it was really beautiful. I had a good time. Thank you. I had an awesome day. I loved being in the cave, tubing down the cave, tubing down the river. I really enjoyed it. It was a great experience and it was something that I would always remember. Yeah. I loved being in the rainforest, enjoy being in the rain. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, yes. And I enjoyed being with the tour guides yeah. that took us yeah. and brought us out safely even though when we ran into a little difficulty towards the end, they were all there. Yeah in unison, trying to make sure that our tubes were going in the correct direction. And I thank God for this opportunity. I thank God for Javon and her tour company. I always enjoy it when I travel with her, and I love traveling with Javon. And Jean, Jean, we miss you. And we love you, Siobhan. God bless you and God continue. May God continue to bless your company and your family. Thank you. I can't believe it. (laughs) Well, certainly the favorite part for me is whenever I do something like this and I invite you all to come along and you trust me to do so. And sometimes without a lot of questions, you just say, okay, we're going to do it. And I trust that we're going to do this and we're going to have a good time. But for me, it's really seeing the kid in everybody. Because yeah. we forget about life and how to enjoy it like we did as we were children. Just the expectation, not overthinking it, jumping in and doing it. So to watch everyone out on the river, to watch everyone in the tubes, laughing, just having a good time, acting silly, and forgetting you're adults with major responsibilities and all those things. That's the beauty of it for me. So thank you. Thank you so much for that. This is Traveling Culturati. We explore cultures and destinations. We share travel news and travel tips to keep you well informed and prepared for your next travel adventure. So go ahead and up your travel game with Traveling Culturati. Visit TravelingCulturati.com for more information. Ladies and-